Charlie, you're all right now. You are Paimon, one of the eight kings of hell. We have looked to the northwest and called you in. We've corrected your first female body and give you now this healthy male host. We reject the Trinity and pray devoutly to you, great Paimon. Give us your knowledge of all secret things. Bring us honor, wealth, and good familiars. Bind all men to our will as we have bound ourselves for now and ever to yours. who worship payment. Hell payment. <laughs> I am Travis Maxwell Boone and I'm joined by Angel Boone. Ricky Prejal. That's right. The fucking nightclub coven is together again. Bitches. Bitches. It's the trifecta. I've been waiting for this episode for so long and we had such a hard time getting to it because our son was so sick that he almost didn't let it happen he was coughing he was running around running amok but you know what we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about Ari Aster's Hereditary before we get there though since we have Ricky here with us we've been uh, neglecting our metal So lately, um, I've been listening to a lot of Analmath Rack. They're kind of a buffet of different genre sounds, but the album that I've been listening to is called The Codex Necro, and it's uh, very black metal-oriented. And Analmath Rack. That's spelled A-N-A-L, sorry, two A's. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And Nath Rack is spelled N-A-T-H. R A K. The name actually comes from the Excalibur movie. Um, one of Merlin's spells is uh, an Alnathrak over and over again. And, and I then, like, the really Lady knows. of the Lake fucking throws the sword out. Some, some shit, yeah. <laughs> he just says that a bunch of times. And something cool happens. But yeah, that's an Alnathrak. They're a very abrasive duo from England. So. I keep, I keep hearing Affleck. Affleck. And now Affleck. It's a, it's a, a heavy metal Affleck. It sounds, yeah. it sounds kind of like a bunch of geese. It's like, oh. <laughs> the whole, the like whole, the whole geese. record. Angry geese. Yeah. <laughs> it could work. Angry geese. Flock of angry geese. Um, I also have Blood Incantations' new album, Hidden History of the Human Race. It's on Bandcamp on Dark Descent Records from Colorado. Um, it's good shit. It's technical death metal, just like you'd expect from Blood Incantation. Fuck yes. Their their record before this, which was called... Star Spawn. Yes, that fucking yeah. album is fucking awesome. If you're into Star Spawn, if you're into Extra Dimensional and all that other stuff, you'll love it. It will not disappoint. 
I've also been listening to a lot of Horrendous. They are also on Bandcamp with all of their albums. I would give Idol a go if you haven't heard them already. Idol is a great album. It's probably the most commercial thing they've done, but it's still very much horrendous. Been digging a lot of Nails lately. Nails is a three-piece kind of hardcore grindcore outfit that's uh, pissed off and heavy as shit and full of kick-ass riffs. (laughs) Um, I love it. I've been wanting to share with the audience some of these fucking metal bands because I've been falling behind. I've just been trying to put out some of the episodes of the podcast. Haven't been keeping up with the metal so much, but this is all good shit right here. I can I can say with somewhat experience and somewhat with just trust, um, Ricky is the guy that gets me into metal. So if you haven't heard any of these fucking bands... I have links in the show notes. I want to give just one more. There's a band out of Austin called American Sharks. They've got kind of like a stoner dad rock thing mixed with punk. Oh, yeah. And it's it's kick-ass shit. You can find them on YouTube. You can find some of their stuff on Bandcamp. Check out their music videos. They've got a couple. They kick ass. I don't think I've ever um, heard them, but someone else has mentioned them before. I saw them live. They opened up for uh, Clutch a few years ago in Texas, and I saw them live, and it was. We were all kind of blown away, like, oh shit, this band kicks ass. If you can open up for fucking Clutch? Yeah. yeah, The guitarist looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. It's really cool. (laughs) That is a treat. He had, like, this rat tail going. He's, oh, he's, he's a trip. Yeah, he's a trip. <laughs> but yeah, they're a great band. Fantastic live. I've seen them twice now. I definitely vouch for their sound. Their sound kicks ass. If you like punk, if you like stoner rock, dad rock, dive into American Sharks. They kick ass. I've gotten a few reviews, by the way. I wanted to read those out while Angel and Ricky were both here so they could be privy to what people are saying about us. Sounds cool. Sweet. Zantony. Hauling from across the street. Zantony! <laughs> Peter, I release you! It made me laugh today. Now that we've mentioned some metal recommendations, I wanted to go ahead and read out some reviews we got on iTunes. Um, I didn't see this last episode, so I didn't I didn't get to mention it, but we have some. We have we have two. Uh, we have nine overall ratings, all five stars. What? Thank you, thank you all, yeah. uh, friends. Good job, and Travis. Good job, all of us. And so we have two five star reviews. One is from Pliskin seventy one, who writes excellent. The intro music is awesome and draws you in. Edited very well, and I like the unique and differing structure each episode. Thank you, Pliskin71. And the next review comes from... I'm going to butcher how to say this. Austid RS Or AustiDRS? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know how your profile goes, but it says... If you're looking for a podcast that will send chills up your spine... You've come to the right place. Maybe not this episode. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Probably not this one. But I appreciate these uh, reviews. What were their usernames again? Uh, Pliskin seventy one and Austrian Austris DRS or Austid RS. Thank Thank you anyway, Austi DRS and Pliskin seventy one. We appreciate that. Fuck yeah. Like, I don't know how to say y'all's names <laughs> on here, but they reviewed us in November and December, so nice. I'm sorry I missed y'all's reviews on iTunes, but thank y'all so much. What's that uh, that, that crazy dude that we had listened to on that podcast? His name was Andrew. He was the shoemaker. Oh, uh... uh <laughs> Joseph uh, Klinginger, or... It was Andrew. It was Joseph. Uh, Joseph, yeah. He's like, he's like, thank you, thank you. I'm going to crawl into my hole and take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
anyone out there wants to hear that good shit, listen to last podcast on the left cover of the fucking shoemaker. Joseph Klinger. I mean, listen, God. I, I'm going to bury myself in this hole and I'm going to take a shit and I'm going to praise <laughs> and worship on it. And I'm going to come out and you don't tell me when. You don't tell them when. God damn it. That was a good episode. You listened to that? Yeah. The shoemaker. He's the one that wanted to cut everyone's dick off. Yeah. yeah he was cool. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. He was cool. Him. Schizophrenic <laughs> as fuck. Poor thing. Dumb. Got them kids so to dig I like a... Just... How deep was the hole? It was like... It was a big a, shit pit. It was like, yeah. Like a layer of... Like his shit layer. <laughs> he made those kids dig that fucking hole and just went <laughs> shit in and all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm it's like, my kids. It's kind of hilarious, right? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. Just like and fucking make that, Rowan like and Seb. Dude, his wife stuck with him. You would stick That's with crazy. me, babe. I would not. After I want to kill my kids? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to have I'm gonna have our kids dig a big old hole. I'm going to have our kids dig a big hole. But and like, I'm going to shit in it. Yeah, it's like, what What did he explain that whenever he was taking a shit, he was like releasing like the demons or something. Like it was, there was a ritual. Don't we all? Shit. Whenever we take a shit, no, release like, the demons? Demons, like, yeah. demons? It was literal demons. Yeah, literal demons. It was nuts. Am I the only one here? Yeah. That fucking releases demons whenever I take a shit? Yeah. Uh, a little only bit. Only when Ricky Allegedly. takes kaboom shits. That's kaboom when he releases shit. the demons. <laughs> <laughs> she brought the kaboom back. Oh, God damn it. I'm not going to talk about what gives me shits on this podcast. It's probably not the best. The know. world the world already knows what gives me mine. So God. That's awesome. Now, well, on <laughs> this podcast. You, or rather, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. On this podcast tonight, we're going to talk about... 2018's Hereditary, written and directed by Ari Aster. We covered recently, when the last time we got together, which was episode 6. Now it's episode 13. Lucky numbers. Listen to those numbers. Nightclub coven, bitches. Lucky numbers. We we covered the first film by Robert Eggers, The Witch, and now we're going to cover the first film by Ari Aster, Supernatural Horror Film. All right? You bastards. Why are you torturing me like this? Why? Stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, Millie Shapiro, and Gabriel Byrne. They are a family haunted by a mysterious presence after the death of their secretive grandmother. Astor describes this film as a family tragedy that curdles into a nightmare and cited Carrie and the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover as dramatic influences. And based the telephone decapitation on a real-life incident that occurred in Marietta, Georgia in 2005. Every interior shot, except in school, was filmed on a soundstage with removable walls to create a faraway shot that would encapsulate the effect of a dollhouse, which was the overall film's aesthetic. The film premiered to praise at Sundance and was released in the U.S. by A24. Tony Collette is next level in this film. Anyone else agree with that? Yeah. Very much so. So it's like she stole Her the show from the beginning. Her performance was like, holy fuck. The film opens with an obituary which reads, Ellen Taper Lay, 78, passed away after a prolonged illness at her daughter Annie's house on April 3rd, 2018. Beloved wife of the late Martin Lay, devoted mother of Annie Lay, Graham, and late Charles Graham, Cherished grandmother of Peter Graham and Charlie Graham. She is also survived by her son-in-law, Dr. Stephen Graham. She will be missed. It was after that we open on a treehouse, and the entire room 
once the camera zooms out is dioramas. We then zoom in on one diorama which appears to be a bedroom. Stephen appears, Peter's father, and wakes him up for the grandmother's funeral and finds his daughter Charlie asleep in the treehouse outside. The deceased Ellen is given a eulogy by her daughter Annie which is a bit on the rougher side of honesty. Annie also acknowledges that most of the guests are strangers. That's where my nose end. I didn't get further than that, so that's uh, that's fun, the end of my shit. Fun fact: I never noticed the eulogy until today when I watched it. The eulogy that was—I mean, I can't see because I don't have my glasses. But that was the piece <laughs> that came up on the screen, right? Right. <laughs> that I, I, I couldn't read. see it either, but okay. I was like, "Oh, look, that looks like a eulogy." Oh, it was just a big I, blur. I, I was like, maybe that's thing. like a quote or a saying. Or yeah, anything. the beginning of the film is basically the obituary. It's not the eulogy. It's the right. Annie Sorry, gives the, the the eulogy, and she's like, "My mom was this, that, and the other. She was rough. She was right." And and it, it very private, real, yeah, private, private, uh, private anxieties. Um, and she has a lot the of fuck, things. The chain around her neck that resembles, mm-hmm. not resembles. It is the actual symbol for payment. Right. Spoilers, everyone. I mean, there's a fucking demon running yeah. the show here. I mean, it's a fucking witch movie about a cult that brainwashes people and has their baby be the fucking Antichrist. I mean, it's like Rosemary's Baby, but updated. It's so fucked up because when you watch it, I think we've all watched it at least, what, three times? Yeah. Yeah. How many things you notice each time in that film? Yeah. New things. Like... From the beginning, when we just watched that clip recently, from the beginning, Charlie is worried because she knows that her grandmother has died. She wants to know who's going to take care of her after the mother dies. She's worried because she knows it's happening. She just doesn't know how and when. She's like, she knows. Yeah, she says like... She wishes she was a boy. Like, she she like she. Well, knows. she says grandma wishes I was a boy. Right. Yeah. That's important. Because the grandma has told, to me, the grandma has, like, laid out plans for her vaguely about what's going to go down. And she's confused because she's a little girl. Yeah. Yeah, she don't know what the fuck. It's so fucked up. Well, after after the funeral and the eulogy and and the mom and the daughter have this connection. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. That's a good bit of insight because I found it weird. And I didn't understand when she was like, well, who's going to take care of me now? Yeah. You know, and, and it makes sense. And the mom's like, duh, me. She's like, when you die. Right. Like, the little girl's like, throwing it out there. Like, no, nah, you're going to die. Like, she just, she knows. Yeah. So, and I just caught that this last time. And I was like, this bitch knows. <laughs> it makes it scarier. No, it does. It really does. Like, it's almost, it's foreboding. Yeah, because when, like, you look at the mother's, like, dollhouse, uh, or the, the house the she makes... She represents everything in her life through these dioramas. Her, mo- her mom dying right. in the hospital room. Her mom looking at them from the fucking doorway afterwards. Yes. The grandmother <laughs> breast breastfeeding the child while the mom watched. Yes. Like, that's what this little girl was to this lady. And unfortunately... Peter had to come first. Well, <laughs> payment came first. What do you mean? What do you mean? I mean, Peter was born, but oh, they... Oh, Peter. I thought you said Peter. Yeah, I said Peter. 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 Yes, yes. Peter came first, so yeah. After the eulogy, Annie's husband, Stephen, gets a phone call that the grave has been desecrated. Like, it's suddenly, like, Ellen's grave has been fucked up. And then Annie starts going to a support group for the bereaved. And there she reveals that her family has suffered from mental illnesses that has led to a few deaths. So it's kind of like, uh, this might run in your family. After that in the film, uh, her son, Annie's son, Peter, lies and says he's going to go to a barbecue with friends. And she forces him to take Charlie, her daughter, with him. 
while there, an unsupervised Charlie eats cake containing nuts, which at this point in the film, you've already seen the parents allude to her like eating a chocolate bar and both of them at, questioning. Right, at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like... There's not nuts in that, right? Yeah, they said in that real quick. Yeah. So we know already that she could have a fucking allergic reaction. And sure enough, she goes into anaphylactic... Anaphylactic shock. Anaphylaxis. Anaphylaxis, right. Yeah, the, the throat swelling and everything. Her. That's a bitch, too. Yeah, her horny brother, who is high as fuck, Peter... He's tr- just trying to get some alone time with the chick he likes, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> But he had to take his little sister to a, to the barbecue. To a grown... Well, yeah. not a grown-up party, but like, goddamn, Mom. It's yeah. a teenage party. That's a, that's a, a pretty move. big gap. But how old is she supposed to be? Because I remember thinking, like, oh, well, she's really young, but she was... Like what? 12 or 12, 13. 13. Yeah, she's, yeah, so she's a couple of years younger than her brother. Yeah. Even though she looks like much younger than her brother. Well, I, I, I get the feeling that she's developmentally challenged as well. Yeah, in, no. In, in some I don't, sure. They I don't, never say it. I don't get that at all. I really? do. No. Not from the clicking and... No. I mean, just... Just the weird, the weird I stuff think, she says. I think she's just kind of... A weird kid. A weird kid, but... She's, I mean... I think she's got, she's got issues. I could say what her issues are, but we're gonna fucking dive into those soon. So she has <laughs> anaphylactic shock. Peter is driving her home out of nowhere because he's high upstairs with this chick and then his sister is choking. So he's like, fuck, I'm gonna get her home. And on the way home, she can't breathe. She rolls the window down in the vehicle, sticks her head out the window to be able to get a breath of fresh air. And then something happens. Peter swerves to avoid roadkill and then stops suddenly. He peers into the back seat. The camera does not. Then he looks forward. He gets teary-eyed. And then he drives home. He leaves his sister in the car and goes upstairs. The next morning, his mother comes outside ready to go to town and finds a headless corpse in the back seat. We suddenly cut to the head of his sister on the side of the road covered in ants. The most horrifying scene of the show. Uh, yeah. I still see it when I close my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I know that was horrifying. But when they actually show her body with all like the old blood in the back seat, yeah. that, that really got me too. Just, just like to be dismembered. Uh, right. It's a shitty thing. When we saw this in theaters, we 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 went. We bought tickets for a quiet place, and then we <laughs> snuck into Hereditary I afterwards. Forgot about that. Um, Why'd y'all do that? Because we were cheap bastards. I wouldn't do that now. I'd pay for the ticket. We should pay for it. We, I'm going to buy this on Blu-ray one day. But we we snuck... We were being like, oh, what's it like to be teenagers type thing. Gotcha. So we snuck into another movie. But we, we but saw... That's it for one deal. And when this scene hit, I mean... I bet. It was a showstopper. The audience paused. Everyone paused. I mean, it's fucked up. It's, it's grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the way Ari Aster shot this scene, where he has the brother driving his sister home, she sticks her head out the window. You hear the thing, right? But you don't see it. He stops. He's high. He's fucked. Right. He doesn't know how to cope with what's happening. He drives home. He goes upstairs. He goes to bed and lays in bed, fucking awake. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, the mom goes that's, outside. That's so like bone chilling. It is. The mom goes outside, and then you hear it. You hear yeah. it first. Yeah. You hear it first. Her screaming. That might, that's one of the most horrifying things. Yeah. You hear her screaming, and then you see the fucking head. While still hearing her screaming. Yep. And then, yeah. then you it's jump. Horrifying. Then you jump to the actual grief 
Yeah. I've never seen or heard more convincing grief and anguish on film ever. It's that rocking back and forth. Oh, my like God. Like Ricky used to do in the crib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Banging your head. That's cut out audio. That's not even part of this. Oh. Yeah, I know. She's just rocking back and forth. It's screaming like God. After the funeral of the daughter, Charlie's gone now. She's decapitated, ant-ridden head. She is dead as fuck. They have a dinner. <laughs> they have a dinner scene where Annie and Peter confront each other. And I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's some the of the most dramatic, best. fucking crazy shit. Horror movie, dramatic movie, whatever. Like family drama, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Peter and his mom fucking dealing with each other. It's real. It's so <sighs> real. It's 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 everything I want to say to those fucking people that live in the house with me. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's like, your stupid face on your fucking face. I can't deal with it anymore. They they fucking go at each other in a, in a way that yeah it's like it's, it's it, so real it's brutal but it's honest yeah and that's that seems to be all he wants too though is like be honest with me and then she's like they find it hard to fucking be that way with each other but yeah that's actually one of my favorite scenes yeah um, she's so good she's so Tony Collette was robbed she was yeah. robbed. She and should then, have been nominated for I mean, something. I, I thought it seemed like every, that just everyone's kind of just stripped bare because of what happened in different ways. The guilt and it just, it all, the the son wants to be loved even though, you know, he's done something horrific and he knows he'll never, it'll never be the same. And his fear is he had woke up once where she had doused them both in gasoline and right. was going to burn them alive. Paint thinner. Yeah. 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 And that that comes up later, but right. but but it happened before, and that was his and big she, thing. Is like, mom, you she almost... snapped out of it once she struck the match. Yeah. Yeah, because he woke up hollering because yeah, he was yeah, that's crazy. It was supposed to be like what uh, like quote unquote like sleepwalking episodes. Right. Well, after after her her mom and her daughter's funeral. Annie goes to a support group where she's befriended by this member known as Joan. After she meets Joan, Annie forces her family to do a seance to communicate with Charlie. And Charlie seemingly possesses Annie until Steve douses her with water. Yeah, she was calling out and she was scared and not knowing what's going on. And Steve threw it like water on her, and that's what snapped her out of it. Well, by then it was too late. Suspecting that Charlie's spirit has become malevolent, Annie throws Charlie's sketchbook into the fireplace, but her sleeve also begins to burn. She catches on fire. That mm-hmm. shit was crazy. I remember that, yeah. She quickly retrieves the book and heads to Joan for advice. But Joan is missing. Joan's not home. Joan's not home. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, the, the, you remember the placemats? What yeah. did it say? Um, it said Joni. Is Joni? I think it said Joni. Oh, and she recognized name, it was from her mother that found that all was, the placemats. Yes, yes. Uh, her, not the placemats. The well, her mom would mats. her mom would make these. And yeah, right, right here in the in the movie, she notices that Joan's welcome mat resembles her mother's craft work and goes through her mother's possessions, finding a photo album linking Joan to Ellen and a book with information about a demon named Payman. Who is the king of hell and wishes to inhabit a male host? That's why Charlie was like, Grandma wishes I was a boy. Right. Because they failed with Peter. They failed with Peter. It's the second time they failed. Yeah, yeah, because they had the. They failed with Charles. Her, her brother. Yeah. That's what he meant by he keeps, they keep trying to put people in me. And he yeah. Himself. Yes, he killed his suicide. Yeah. Suicided. God damn it all. But one interesting thing about that scene where she's knocking on Joan's door, the camera pans into her 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 place and on you see candles and you see white like uh 
I don't know uh, what you like, would call like, it. Like, yeah, just her, her items, like her witchcraft. Decorations of I just of, don't know what you call it if you just, like, it's almost like curtains, but it's not curtains. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Just like a... It's just white fabric, and it's just kind of like put right here. It's fucking ghostly fabric, bitches. You, you don't know what, you, what we're talking about here? God, come on, man. Stop fucking pretending. <laughs> it's not important. What's important is that it pans all the way to the table, and you see a picture of Peter in like a little magic circle with some candles. Mm-hmm. And I believe the eyes are, are missing on the picture, too. Yeah. She also discovers photos of Ellen with cult members that were at her funeral. All the strangers yeah. she didn't fucking recognize at, at Ellen's right. funeral, who apparently worship her as a leader. In the attic, she discovers Ellen's decapitated and rotting body and a strange symbol on the wall written in blood. The same symbol that her grand, her mother was wearing in oh, the uh, casket. It's the, yes, around her neck. It's the payment symbol. A sigil of payment. Fucking A. I'm just going to say that my favorite character is Headless Grandma. <laughs> She's pretty metal. Isn't it the husband that says, like... Because uh, the wife is like, no, she's in the attic, she's in the attic. And it's like, did you put her in there? Right. Like, he's freaking he out. He accuses her because yeah, like, is she, she's been going out at night. And, yeah, and having these... Um, and being crazy, a crazy person. I mean, not have, like sleepwalking issues. I think he's like, did you put her in there? Like, did uh, you do this? He accuses her. She's like, no, no, no. He, he definitely her body's her. like all swollen and rotten and oh, flies everywhere. <laughs> God damn. Been in her attic the whole time. <laughs> I would shit my pants. No shit. Okay? Like just to like go in my attic one day and it's like, oh, there, there's my dead mother. <laughs> her grave, Her grave was desecrated and now she's in my attic. Right. Uh-huh. No, and it's for real. And yeah, it like stinks. if there's a fucking corpse in my goddamn attic, and it's we moving out. It's at my grandma. I'd be like, okay, yeah, uh, no, we're done. We're done here. What was her mother? Like, whatever the no. well, mom. If my mom's in my goddamn. We ain't got an attic. If your mom's in the ceiling, she wants to be there. She needs to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mom, you're okay. Be in my attic. Be in my not attic house trailer (laughs) that I don't fucking have. Um, That kind of creeps me out. Like, I don't go into the attic often. You don't think twice before you do now, huh? Right, right. It's like, where's that dead bitch? She's in the attic. (laughs) I'm going to make sure to turn the light on right away. And what's fucked up is there's like this little, you know those little dolls that sometimes people have, like that. Are made to just sit in the corner like they're being punished or whatever. What the looks, fuck are you Looks like a little about? kid, you know? But they look like they... It looks like a little kid that's oh, standing in the like corner. like on, on their knees? Right, sometimes on their knees, sometimes they just Y'all stand. have that in your attic? Yeah, there's one in there. Oh my god. And I put it right where you can see it when you open the door. That way it scared Justin. Oh my god. <laughs> so if I... <laughs> we need to have a whole episode, like... When we do the Ouija board, going into Ricky's attic. Are we still doing a seance? <laughs> oh, we should. In Ricky's attic. Okay. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we, we, we had to all. we had to cancel um, this past Halloween because I wasn't home. But I plan at this moment on taking off for Halloween week uh, in October. Hopefully, we can get a. Uh, I mean. I'm talking. I would not want to fucks with that doll in your attic. I have a thing for, with dolls. Well, really? I, I'm, Me too. Con- I'm contacting someone yeah. in New Orleans who will do a seance that will come here. They're going to want money. Yeah. I ain't paying nobody. Fuck well, that. I mean, we... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who have you contacted and how much? I don't know. I'm not doing all this right now on the episode. I'm just saying I want to do a, a, a seance. Well, after Ellen's body is discovered, decapitated in the attic, bloating, fucking. It's my favorite character. I was about to say it was like swollen and nasty and awesome. and all black and shit. Well, we're jumping around because Ricky recently watched the film. Angel and I have not, so I know we're jumping right. But uh, at this point, Peter is in school, and 
that's when you start seeing these shock waves. Right. It's like the lights traveling. Which is like the ghost. It's yeah. or the demon or whatever. Something always something's always happening. So it travels into him and at this point he slams his own face uh, into the desk and breaks his own nose. I yeah. hate that part. It's yeah, fucking And he's scared to death, screaming, like horrified with what's happening to him. Well, also at this point in time, Annie is begging her husband, Stephen, to burn the sketchbook so she can sacrifice herself and stop the hauntings. Let's talk about the sketchbook. Okay. Yeah. The sketchbook, when she she did the seance, the sketchbook was her link to Charlie's spirit. Yes. Um, So... So Charlie was dead, and then the mom met with Joan who is a member of this witch cult that is tied to Ellen, but we don't know that yet in the story, but spoilers, fucking Joan is all about Ellen's shit, and they're doing all this for payment. We're going to get there, but... So, the sketchbook... The sketchbook is uh, her link to Charlie, and it starts drawing on itself, or rather, Charlie starts drawing on it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and... She starts drawing, uh, or someone <laughs> starts drawing a bunch of pictures of Peter in it. Right. And that's uh, one of her first clues that something is really wrong. Mm-hmm. And that whatever's going on in the house, it wants something to do with Peter. And she keeps ignoring it, man. It's because she doesn't give a shit. She, well, I'm picking. Like, she wants her daughter. Well, I mean, she's also like going through. Can you imagine having a mom that's into this shit all of your life and having to grow up with it? How you would have these mental issues? Yeah. Like, and thinking you're crazy the whole time, but no, your mom actually is summoning a demon. <laughs> yeah. The whole time. So, like, she has her mental issues going on. She has her dead daughter, her resentment towards her son, her broken marriage because she's a fucking fail at life. Because she can't balance all of it. I mean... Well, what happens next nuts. is fucked. Because when she's trying to convince Stephen, her her husband... He's, isn't he a therapist? Too? Yeah, yeah. Doctor therapist. Yeah. That's how he knows how to deal with it. Earlier when we had the fucking dinner scene, I mean, he's trying to keep things together. And it, the whole family's he's, fucking going nuts trying, around him. But, yeah, yeah, to no avail. Well, she's trying to convince him to burn the sketchbook. And at this point, even after he has seen Ellen's body, he is still like just a Annie, logical. You're person. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's logic as as fuck. Well, Annie throws the book into the fire, and Stephen bursts in the flames in front of her. Yeah, one of the most iconic shots in the entire film, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, she's standing there. He's erupting in fucking fire, and he dies. Yeah, and she's she, like, if you're not going to do it, I am. And she does, and like, poof. And then she immediately is possessed. Well, you see the thing, the light. Yep. And as soon as you see it, she just stops and watches yeah, just, him burn. Yeah, just stares. It's that night that Peter awakens to find his father's charred body and encounters a nude man standing in the darkened doorway. This shit right here. Oh. While his fucking mom is spider manning <laughs> On the fucking wall behind him. And he never notices her. No. This is the great thing about this movie. (sighs) This film, even... Fuck now. Fuck at this point. Even before this point. When the film opens and it's dioramas and you're looking around and then the film zooms in and it's Peter's bedroom, whatever. From that moment, you're trained. Ari Aster has trained you to look at every single frame look at every yeah. angle of that room yes yeah. look at every point of this when it's panning or just look at every corner of the film like look right. at every single thing as soon as they get back from the funeral because like i mean like she goes to that to that upstairs room and well here's a sh- here's a shot in the fucking dark of some stuff and if you look at the left oh shit there's a person there and you know, and this movie is riddled with this until this climax, and that's where it comes unbridled, unchained, crazy, yeah. awesome. Me and Angel were sitting in the theater watching this. I know for a fact 
looking at the fucking film and being like, what the fuck is that? Like, there's a nude person standing in the dark. I didn't mm. like that. <laughs> no, me neither. To this day, no. I don't like it because they're all creepy, smiling, creepy. Smiling. And, and you saw the man at the theater uh, at, at the funeral. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice him until this time around, though. But he was always there. He was there. And he's still there at the end. With the same. Deep blue skin hue. Pedophile smile. <laughs> penis out, ready to fuck it. Oh, yeah. It was. Oh, yeah, Rick. Scrape. <laughs> After that, Peter's chased by Annie into the attic. He comes across the site of an apparent ritual. And a picture of himself in the center. He then discovers to his horror. Annie levitating above him and beheading herself with a piano uh-huh. wire. All while staring at him while she does so. My favorite scene. It makes me hurt. It's so fucked up, dude. Well, he sees that... the picture and then he sees drops of blood. It's even before that though, right? Where she's banging. Banging her head on the on the Teresa couldn't watch any of that part. It's too much. Once she was possessed and chasing him around and doing all that shit, Teresa was like, just tell me what it's about. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, it's done. It's cool. It's cool. The part that you're about to talk about, I'm just going to say, in the theater, it made, because everyone, like, develops their emotions about it differently. Some people were horrified, like, horrified but some people laugh when they're really uncomfortable. Yeah. And at that point, you hear a bunch of people start laughing in the theater. I'm like, what? Because she's chopping her own head off. No. With a piano wire. Yeah. No, it's when it's the next part. It, it's the next part. When she's like floating into the Oh, oh we're house. not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everyone's we're not just there like, yet. oh, we're not there what yet. the okay, hell is on, happening now? Startled by the sight of naked coven members, Peter jumps out the window to his apparent death, and we see the shockwave yeah. again go right. through the house, and it's like it, it, it goes to him. So now he is the one possessed. Finally. Finally. Payments finally in Peter. Like Charlie said, she wanted me to be a boy. Well, Peter is a boy. Payman needs to be in the body of a male, apparently. Right. So why did So Charlie's been payment this whole time. In what, a sense. what I don't understand, yes. I'm sure I'm not thinking about it enough, is if it failed with what's her name's brother, why did it fail when Peter was born because he was a son? Don't know. They don't explain that. She just. That bothers me. I feel like it's a missing link. I feel like it's, it's somewhere in that story, but I'm just not. I haven't seen it yet I, I haven't picked up on that either I think they probably might say it but I I, I, I can't claim to know or this, like he this just kid didn't only possess has... the qualities that yeah. that was it's going probably. to be yeah this kid only has one upper lip what are we going to do with that <laughs> a light enters his body and he awakens following Annie's levitating corpse into Charlie's treehouse there Peter sees Charlie's crown severed head on a mannequin yay Joan, other coven members, and the headless corpses of his mother and grandmother bow to him. Joan puts the crown on Peter's head, explaining that Charlie has originally been the host of payments since her birth, which was Ellen's doing, but they have now corrected their mistake. Payment holds dominion over Peter, giving him his desired male host. The cult members pledge their lives to Payment, allowing him to rule over them, before then saying praise to her with the final shot of the treehouse resembling one of Annie's miniature art pieces. The film then cuts to black. One of the neatest things about that whole shot is their choice of music. Oh, yeah. Chimes. It's it's ritualistic chiming, like a very tranquil and peaceful Mm -hmm. music. Isn't there a choir too? I could be wrong, but I don't remember. I haven't seen it. Being in the cage and 
I mean, they were all bowed down. The, the mother's rigor mortis body. It's like they like had a cracker and bender into the. We never even mentioned that that Charlie cut the head off a pigeon earlier in the film. To uh, she didn't cut it off, right? She found it cut off. No, no, she no, found she it cut, cut it off. off. She did. Yeah, she, she stole the scissors from the classroom. Yeah, she oh. cut the pigeon's head off and oh. made it like a little crown and. Yeah, it was in her sketchbook too. It There's is a lot so of, full of lore. So many small and, pieces. Yeah. Like I, I had figured out what was going on, like with all the pieces coming together by the end of it, because it took that long. I knew something like that was going to happen, but when it actually took place, I'm like, okay, well, all these pieces, like they tied in, real, like a scavenger hunt to like what was going to happen. Right. It you almost still watch you, the movie and you still find things. The way it feeds you information is it's really crazy. Cool. We, we saw this one after A Quiet Place, right? I liked it a lot more. Yeah, I intentionally saved it for after A Quiet Place. I figured it would... And I mean, I'm not trying to be like a fucking whatever. I'm just... I'm saying like when we went to see the, these two films... I knew A Quiet Place would be the mainstream horror flick and Hereditary would be the more art house yeah. style and just like the thinker's witch, film. Yeah, just thing. like The Witch and other movies like Hereditary and The Witch, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah. Well, these are... Unless you understand it. Well, they're slow burns. They're, they're, it's the pacing. It's not, even, it's not even always what people understand or don't. Which I do think people should analyze film more than they normally do. But okay, look, let's let's be honest. Most people are family people, or if they're not, then they're they they're busy and they they listen. If they're listening to this podcast at all, thank you. But most people don't have time to sit there and analyze a film. I'm a film buff. I have time to sit there and watch a movie and then go back and watch it again. And then analyze it because that's what I like to do. Some people don't. You watch a movie like Hereditary. You watch a movie like The Witch. You watch a movie like Midsommar. There are films where you start them off and you can tell, okay, I'm going to have to pay attention here. And the movie's going to take me on a little journey. It's not always point A to point B to point C. Sometimes it's point A to point E. Right. But and, you're, yeah. That's what I was going to say you're, you're, about you're piecing it the way you're fed information. It's it's not, it's it's definitely not conventional. Yes. It's um, but goddamn, is it is it fun? Uh, well, I think I, love I think, the it's, fact. It's like I think hereditary is more. It's a puzzle. I think hereditary is more straightforward than what most people think. I mean. Yeah. To me, that movie, it's slow, but it's I not... I talk to people, and they don't understand it. And I'm like, what don't you understand? It's it's done... You know? Because Unless it's... Unless you're really not watching. It is know? very stylized. Yeah. It's not... It's not... It's not... It is... It's more straightforward than some films, but it's still different enough that some people won't want to go... It won't catch their interest enough to, like, dig into, like... Right. What's going to happen next? I guess they're not going to go down. They're not going to go down the path. They're not yeah. going to take the journey. My to... sister was like that. She's like, uh, oh, just kind of boring." I'm like, "You know, it doesn't have like tons of action, but I mean, I think her being like beheaded not really boring. Right? It's kind of boring. It's kind of horrifying. It. But um, no, I mean, Charlie, that, Charlie just... getting beheaded by a fucking telephone pole is one of the most disturbing fucked up and look this is coming from a desensitized right. horror fan right that can handle yeah. we're desensitized Correct. people we can we yeah. can deal with gore anything and trauma like that and it's like oh fuck that shit was next pit, level pit in your stomach the way he did fucked it, up where he waited until yeah. after the son was in bed and you hear the mother screaming when she oh, finds yeah. the decapitated body. It framed it. Then it cuts. It was horrible. To the fucking head. Fucking horrible. Overrun yeah. by bugs. And it's like, God damn. damn. I, yeah. mean, or the, I mean, the scene at the dinner table, that's just as horrifying. It's like, wow, this family is like really falling apart. Yeah. Or just... The, to me, that's the elevated art of what this movie is. It's like it takes it from a drama 
Well, it's like Ari said. He wanted this to go to from a family drama to the curdling of a nightmare. Like he wanted it. He wanted the film to evolve. It was on the brink of it was touching different places. Yeah. 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 Um, and just her banging her head, her sawing her head off. <sighs> I mean, it's just. Oh, I really liked how feels. how they used the dioramas to show you the paranormal activity. Yeah. Rather than just showing you, I agree. I, I thought that was an interesting touch. Especially being someone who's into miniature painting, yep. yeah, and stuff like that, I, I was like, "That's Ricky really... does great fucking miniatures for his D and D campaigns. He paints them himself, and they are all fucking extravagant." I, he showed me some tonight, actually, that have these little skulls and little details in them that oh, look man. like. No, first, yeah, yeah, you got to see them. They're first really ones cool. I've painted for another person, aside from my dad, but. uh so. so, I mean, um, those paintbrushes that you use for that, it's just basically the, the smallest, like, with just, like, one thin... Like, Some of them are very, yeah, like, like what you look at that and you're like, what could that be useful for? And it's like, well, that's a, that's for an eyeball. <laughs> that's, wow. for, that's for an eyeball that, See, I, I, that would fit on a face on my pinky nail. I haven't painted in years, but I've never painted anything miniature to know... I mean, my smallest paintbrush is, I mean, it's not that small. So, I never need anything that small. It's so tiny. Fine detail. And this movie is full of fine details. I, I, I think I would say... We had an interruption, and uh, my sick son woke up. So Angel ran off to the room, and she's been laying down. I've got no real good way to end this. Uh, I enjoy the film Hereditary a lot. I think I enjoy it more than Ari Aster's second film, Midsummer, a little bit. Have I still need to check that one out. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Well, look, I mean, it covers some of the same ground as grief and loss, but yeah, as far as what the better film is, it's hard to say. There's some beautiful fucking shots in Midsummer that are just absolutely fucking perfect. So, without Angel coming back, uh, I'll sign off for her. Thank you, Angel, for being on the podcast. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, I enjoy the movie. I can't recommend it enough. It's a lot of fun, and it's got a lot of rewatch value. Yes, yes, I agree. I think there's plenty to fucking gain every time you watch this movie. A lot of substance. A lot of going on. I think we failed. <laughs> we failed at doing that. <laughs> um, so we'll just get it all in right here yeah. at the end. Yeah, we didn't do it enough during the, during the show. So. <laughs> so here it is. <laughs> That so, should be the name of the episode. What? Just so I don't know how you spell that, but no, just <laughs> embrace the darkness. Embra oh, embrace the <laughs> <laughs> and stay. Yeah, <laughs> let's end it. Let's let's end it like that. Let's do it like that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>